And welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. And sorry we didn't have the music tonight. Uh, I am having technical difficulties. Up here in the, the Northeast, there's a tornado watch. And I am trying to figure out this dang Wi-Fi here in uh, the library. So, But we're up and running, and we are going to uh, plug along. So if we lose the internet, I do apologize. Um, but my name is Andrew Murata, host of the show. This is Education, Leadership, and Beyond. It is show number 63. Unbelievably, we are at 63, and we are going to keep rolling. That is going to be the theme to today's show, and we're going to credit today's guest, Dan Spanauer. Uh, we, he will be coming up here shortly in a few minutes. Dan is my guy from North Carolina. He's an author. He is a coach. He is a husband, he's a son, uh, and he is the owner, founder, and creator of the Leadership Publishing Team uh, and this coaching and leadership journal. I've talked about it on the show. We've shared some stories, and uh, we're going to get into that today uh, with today's guest, Dan Spanauer. Um, before we get going with there, uh, a couple shout-outs. Uh, I do want to welcome in our listeners from Voice Ed Radio uh, Canada. And our friend Stephen Hurley there, they, they put us on there. So uh, excited to be on in Canada. And, and Disrupt Ed TV, uh, that is something that I've gotten going with. Uh, check them out on Twitter. Uh, amazing stuff. That's Disrupted, Disrupt Ed TV. Uh, Google them. And they are doing great things in education. Uh, and they have a show that they asked me to do. I'm doing Principal Sparks. I'll do my next episode right after this. And uh, excited about that project. And that'll bring us right into today to today's opening topic. And uh, again, I've been doing this podcast for like 15 months now, and uh, we're a year out from my book. Where is it here? I got it here somewhere. I just uh, had the year anniversary of releasing my book, The Principle, Surviving and Thriving. And uh, throughout this whole process and the, and the past year or so, uh, I've been in touch with Dan on a number of different things. And uh, he'll always shoot back the text, you know, great work, keep rolling. Uh, I'll send him something to look at maybe, and he'll say, it's great, keep rolling. And I like that. I like what he was saying about that, and it kind of had a cool ring to it. And I said, you know what, that's cool. But the more I thought about it, it's such a simple concept, but really to continue a podcast, to write a book, to be in school, you just, you just got to keep going. You have to just keep going. You're going to take people's feedback. You're going to listen to things. You're going to tweak things. You're going to change things. But at the end of the day, you have to keep rolling if you want to be successful with it. You you know, I could quit this podcast today. I don't think anyone would bat an eye. I don't think the, the world would end. The sun would come up tomorrow, but there'd be no podcast. But I want to keep rolling because I want it to keep going. I'm enjoying it. I think I'm getting better at it. I, I hope I'm getting better at it. Um, and, and in preparing for the show, I kind of was looking at some other people that kept rolling, right. Doing things in their life that was good and, uh, that they improved. And, you know, here I'm getting ready for the show. I have the October issue of, uh, the coaching and leadership journal. We're going to meet Dan here in a minute. And, uh, there's a story about Steve Young, right? If you're a sports fan, you know who Steve Young is. Uh, but he was a hall of famer and, and, Multiple, multiple MVP for the San Francisco 49ers. And, and you look at him, right? You say, Steve Young, he has it all. He's a superstar. Uh, he was always great. 
you know, I didn't know he was from Connecticut. I didn't know a lot of things in the story. And that's why this journal is so great, the Coaching and Leadership Journal. Dan shares the story in here. When he got to Brigham Young, he was the eighth on the depth chart, eighth person. So you look at that and like, oh, my God, like, you, you know, he goes to Connecticut all the way out to Brigham Young, I think out there in Utah, and he's eighth. So he was going to pack his bags and go home. And his parents said, well, you can leave, but you can't come here. They weren't coming to get him, and they weren't going to support that he was going to give up. Uh, so Steve dove into the work. He dove into practice, and he worked harder than anyone else there and eventually worked his way up and became a star. Um, and then the same thing when he got to San Francisco. He, uh, there's my man Dan sneezing. Uh, when he got to San Francisco, he, 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 well, he got traded from Tampa Bay, right? He got traded out of there. They didn't want him. And then, of course, you know the story of how he became an all-star. Uh, there's a book out there, right? Make the big time where you are. Um, you know, big timers were not always big timers. Someone told me that one time, you know, when I started out refereeing. And I said, man, look at these big timers and uh, you know, someone told me, said they didn't always start out as big timers and they had to work their way up and they kept rolling. Um, again, preparing for the show, I did a little research. Samuel L. L. Jackson. I love his movies. Right. He is one badass. If I'm going to curse badass actors. Right. He, you know, uh, that role in Pulp Fiction. I didn't know this. Samuel L. Jackson did not get his first lead role in Pulp Fiction. He was 46 years old. Think about how many auditions he went on, how many movies he tried out for, how many small parts he got in, in plays, where maybe he wanted the bigger part. Maybe he thought he was better than that and he should have got a different part. Kept rolling, kept uh, working hard, kept with it. And you know he's a star now. He's on all those commercials. He makes millions of dollars per movie. And you look at him now and you say, oh, this guy's a star, right? It must have been easy for him. Heck no. He busted his butt, and he had to keep going with it. And there's the theme here. Uh, coming up next week on the show, if you're a teacher, if you're an educator, teach like a pirate. Dave Burgess is coming on. Can't wait to talk to Dave. And Dave is one hard worker. He shares a story in here, teach like a pirate. Of uh, Somebody told him one time after a, a speaking engagement that, well, you're lucky, Dave, because you're creative. And Dave took offense to that and, and said, like, I'm lucky. I've busted my butt to come up with creative lessons, to write this book, to come up with these things. It just it just didn't happen. He kept rolling, right? He didn't just, oh, I'm lucky. He kept rolling. And that's the theme for today. Whatever it is you're doing in your life, whether you're a principal, a teacher, you're trying to lose weight. You're trying to make dance band hours basketball team at West Oaks High School. You got tryouts coming up. Whatever it is, you have to keep rolling and you got to go with it. You got to be better tomorrow than you were today. You have to make the time for that exercise. You have to make the time to prep those meals. All the things that you want to do to better yourself, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it and, and, and make it happen. Uh, but tuck that in your pocket. Keep rolling. Um, I thank Dan for bringing that to us and, and, uh, uh, for that for that statement and I talk too much. Let's meet Dan here. I'm gonna uh, click this over and hopefully the internet will work. There he is. Hey, hey Dan. Hello, Andrew. Welcome to the program, my friend. I appreciate you having me. Uh, you've yeah. changed a lot since the last time I was here. I guess you were probably about episode 
12, somewhere around in there. And you can you keep rolling. You, you keep evolving. I'm impressed. Now I can see you. <laughs> I can see you. <laughs> and uh, you know what, Dan? I've only had two repeat guests so far. So you uh, are the second well, uh, repeat I, I guest. I privileged. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks so much for coming on. I, I know you just came out of the gym and uh, yep. you had a long day of teaching and coaching. Yep. Just walked out. Just walked out. My assistant set up the camera. We sat down and we're ready to roll. So let's go. So this is Dan Spanauer, everyone. He is a uh, coach and a teacher at West Oaks High School in the metropolis of King, North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> What's the traffic like in downtown King right now, Dan? Uh, I, I, I have to check the live cam we, uh, to see what it's like at the stoplight, but I think we're okay. I think I've got a pretty smooth drive home. You'll make that uh, four-minute commute home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Dan, you and I go way back. I played college yeah. basketball with your brother uh, and your family. Um, and there's so many memories and things to talk about. But the reason I wanted to ask you to come back on, besides being a super great guy, uh, you just released this book here, Leading Narratives. Yep. And I tell you, there is one after another after another great story in here. So let's start with this, Dan. Tell me the journey of, of this book and this idea where it came from. And I know it's not your first book. Tell, tell me a yeah. little bit about this uh, book yeah. that you just released. I started, uh, well, one, I'm blessed to be a reader. I love to read. I mean, that's what I do in my spare time. And uh, and I've, I've kept collections of quotes. And the first book I did well, I did a scholarship book that I did for parents way back. But then the second book, I guess it was, I did was a collection of quotes. And what I did was I organized them in the seasons. So quotes you would expect to use in the preseason, quotes you could use after a loss and that type of thing. But I always, what I wanted to do was keep my files so they were easy to find. So like if I, if we just lost a tough game, instead of like going searching, this is before the internet. I would go to my file and pull out the one that said after a loss. And then there was the quotes that I could use. Well, on that. Was that under A for after or L for loss? Where that was, was a big L. It was a big <laughs> L. So I knew it was the loss. And I always okay. liked the win ones better. There you go. <laughs> but anyway, so I started keeping all this stuff. And I would get stuff from coaches and everything else. And one of my good friends in the business was Jerry Wainwright, uh, who was an assistant at Wake Forest when I started out at Bishop McGinnis. Uh, and he would send us stuff. And a lot of times it'd be little stories like this. And so I, I just kept them. And then I say at the beginning of the book, I was fortunate enough to work the Duke basketball camp when I was young. And uh, and I remember distinctly sitting in our pizza night with Coach K and him talking about how important it is using stories, how to get the people on. He always uses the uh, train analogy, getting everybody on the same train and everything else. So, and at the time I didn't know he was going to be what he was, but I knew that he was very good. It was good at what he did. So I took that and I just started keeping up with stories and keeping up with things. And then when I started putting a book together, I searched and found some more, all of them. I, I didn't necessarily have in my collection, but it's been fun. It's been fun. It is great. And uh, uh, you know, if you are a leader, if you're a coach, if you want to be a good speaker, I've used probably six, stories to start a meeting, Dan. Uh, even uh, my opening day at school, to I told the I told the Brooklayer story. Good to hear. Uh, about, yeah, doing some different things. So is there a favorite that you have? There's probably a hundred in here. Is there a favorite one you have? Uh, there's probably, yeah, there's probably more than a hundred. Uh, 
Well, there's a one of my favorite one is, and, and you may remember this about the bank lady that goes into the bank. <laughs> yes. um, anyway, to summarize it, she makes an outrageous bet that nobody says it's impossible to have, but she planned it out, and sure enough, she wins a bet by doing something very, um, very improbable. Uh, where she has the bank. The banker basically strips for her and goes from there. That's one of my favorite. And then, of course, the pickle slicer, uh, um, the pickle slicer, which talks about which talks about not making assumptions, you know, that mm -hmm. you think that it's one thing and the story leads to another thing. And, but it's really good for me to hear that you said that you've used that, because when I put it together, um, that's what I was wanting to have happen was that leaders could have access to a quick, easy story that has something that they can relate it to because it's been proven over and over that people listen better and retain more when there's a story involved. And so that's what this is about is to just give them a little story that they can use when they're trying to get a message across. So, facts facts found, tell, stories sell. That's right. Yeah, I like that's that. Right. That's yeah. it. You know, and I wanted to ask you about TED Talks, Dan, you know, if that's something you use as a resource, because I read a book about TED Talks and they're 18 minutes, right? The best TED Talks, 12 minutes of that 18 minutes are stories. Yes. And those great speakers use those stories. So is that a resource that you use? It is. As a matter of fact, I may have read the same book. It was about how to speak like a TED Talk or something like that. Speak like TED. Talk like TED. Yeah. Yeah. How to talk. And which is the same principle that which is also I know we're going to talk about it in a few minutes, but it's also the, the purpose behind my journal. Um, it's to get it condensed, you know, and and we're, we're so much we're so covered in information. I, I said we're drowning in information and starving for knowledge and, and we have so much information out there. But there's a lot of stuff that's important. And, and, you know, that's the same thing. If you can, if there's a message you're trying to get across and you can tell a little short story with it, then you can get the message across and get them hooked with the story. So that's the purpose of it. Yeah. And let's jump to that journal, Dan. You know, we're living in a technological world. And, and like you said, we're, we're drowning in information. Um, but it is a relief. It is it is nice to get an envelope in the mail and open up this journal. I've talked about the thickness of the paper too. I feel like I got something in my hands. Yeah. And uh, But to get this, and then just in here, there's probably 25 stories and things that leaders can use. You know, Tell me about putting this together and where did the idea to do this come from? The, the, I, I actually came started looking at that idea probably in about 99, 2000. Uh, okay. I, I had a, there was a magazine, a newsletter out there called Motivational Manager, uh, which sort of got me going on that. And then I went and did, I was worked at Florida State and did Miami and a bunch of other different things. So I never really had, but it was always on the back burner. With my experience, what I try to do, you know, I've been in the business now for 35 years of athletic leadership, as I try to say, decipher what's important you know, and then cut it down to size and then give you information that I think can help a leader without giving all the fluff and a bunch of extra pages and everything else like that. And uh, so that's that's what it is. What I do is, like I say, I'm blessed to be a reader. I love to sit down and, and just go through stuff. And but I, but I agree also with the print thing. You know, 
people, when I first started this idea, they said, well, print's dead, print's dead. You know, you, nobody's going to want the print. But most people love having it in their hands and it's easier to read and it's something that comes right to their office. And uh, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm pleased with the reception that it's gotten. And I'm excited where I think it can go, too. You keep getting the word out. and I'm really excited where it's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> so so is, is it a rubric? Is it your gut? What what? What's the the passing test, the headline test to say, you know, this is it. This is a great story. I'm going to use this or I'm going to feature this coach, um, yeah. you know. And the other thing I like, too, is, you know, coming up to Thanksgiving, you'll have usually have something about Thanksgiving. You, yeah. It's it's not just a random month. You know, yeah. you'll have pertinent stuff. I remember in, in the spring you had some stuff on the uh, uh, the horse race. Um the yeah. Kentucky Derby. Yeah. So yeah. What well, is the what, what is the test to get the stuff in? Well, the Steve Young thing is because it's his birthday, I think, in October and, and stuff. So we always try to do a relevant thing for the first article. Uh, the test, yeah, is my experience. Um, I am subscribed and 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 read and, and go through the internet and I get emails after emails and and so I decipher it and I I have files which surprised because that's where my books come from. But I have different ones for different months and resources that I would like to possibly use in the future. Some of them get pushed ahead. Um, like when John McCain passed, we moved that one up because I mm. thought that leadership could go in there. Regardless of what political party you are, there's some things that leaders can learn from his life. We did that with Tom Petty, who died last October. Mm. Um, so it's... Yeah, and it's what I try not to have fluff. I try to have stuff that I think that the leaders can get something from. Uh, but ultimately, it's just from me reading and going through my files each month. Uh, but I enjoy it. And plus, I think it makes me better. You know, I think it makes me better. I'm current. I'm still currently coaching and, and leading in that. And I think it makes me a better coach. It makes me a better leader. And uh, it keeps me it keeps me evolving. Well, and as someone who's watching from the outside in, you know, like I've met Dan Rockwell through this, the leadership freak. You featured him. I kind yeah. of Googled him, found some more stuff, started following his stuff, had him on as a guest. Yeah, um, I saw and, that. And yeah, he yeah. It's, it's, just, it's tremendous. Yeah. Um, is it something that you're like you sit down and say, I'm going to I'm going to look for stuff now on the Internet or I'm going to or is it something like you're kind of always looking right you're always, always listening looking. and looking yeah yeah i'm always looking and then i file it you know i don't write it at the time i file it into my different places is this a some a leader that i think we'd like to profile uh is this a story i think we could get something out of and uh so yeah i'm always looking but then the way the process works is when it's time to do that month's journal okay i then go through and pick out about 25 or 30 of my larger articles and then cut them down and see which ones. And a lot of them gets, a lot of them get tossed, you know? Um, and then, and I'm, I'm really doing it. What I think that myself as a leader would want to read, you know? And so that's the whole point of it is to like keep you from having to read 20 pages of something that may not be beneficial. So, yeah. Yeah. Dan, the business side of it, you know, the stuff in there is great. I think the content is great. Tell me about the business side. How do you get subscribers? Uh, how did you decide on like a price point of, you know, it's too expensive for people or it's, you know, like 
Tell me about the business part of it and growing growing the journal. Well, it started with Reagan newsletters. I sort of used them as a as a guide, and so the pricing I sort of was a, around that that price. Uh, but I also didn't want it to be a magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can go and get a Sports Illustrated three dollars somewhere and something, and and. I didn't want it to be a magazine. I wanted it to be something that had some value on it. Um, so that's probably how I figured out how I wanted to start. It was based on getting those motivational mag- manager. There was one called leading results, leading with results and all these different things that I got. And they were priced around that point. Um, but, you know, my thing is if it's a value, then there should have be a certain price value to it. Um, mm-hmm. And in terms of getting new subscribers. Yeah. We've been very fortunate. The, the biggest thing that helps us get subscribers is getting quality people as subscribers you know, like yourself. And then also, uh, you know, we just Frank Martin University of South Carolina's basketball coach just sent in his renewal. We've had Tubby Smith. We've had Mike Candrera, which is the softball coach at Arizona. We have the all time winningest uh, hot division one hockey coach and Jerry York and Jerry York's been with us for three or four years. We've uh, we've got people that's been with the very first subscriber we ever got was uh, the winningest football coach in the state of Illinois. And he's still with us, wow. uh, which is the other thing that I'm pleased about is that last year we had a renewal rate of 80 percent right at 80 percent. It's gone up every year. So that tells me it's there's a niche and there's a demand for it. Uh, yeah. But as with everything, the key is getting the word out. Our biggest thing right now is word of mouth and some social media and, and things like that. But uh, it's taken off, knock on wood. So, and that goes through, you, we're going right into question to question. I love it. That goes right into the keep rolling, right? Keep did rolling. you did you have that own, your own mentality of that, that you're just going to keep forging ahead with this? And, or, or was it, you, were you going to go month by month and to see, you know, like what? Because yeah. that keep rolling mentality, it, it's yeah. great. Well, I'm sure I'm sure I'm not the one who came up with that, but I do use it all the time. We're going to credit you right here on the show. It's yours. Put me on it. I tell you, one of my favorite quotes, and I think it was Will Rogers that said it was even if you're on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. And and so I use that all the time, especially after a win. That'd be my W folder. But yeah. that's to me means keep rolling. Like I, I think you do have to determine and be able to to determine if you're on the right track or the wrong track. And if you're on the wrong track, you might need to course correct, but don't stop. And if you're on the right track and you know it and you feel it in here because I'm big on intuition and and all that stuff, then you just got to keep going. And and yes, it doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. Uh, But no, I never told myself that if I got to get two subscribers, or I've got to get so many subscribers this week or, or something like that. It's just something that I want to do. And that makes the rolling easier. And then I think, I think when your action aligns with your passion, then the keeping rolling is pretty easy, you know, but there are days where you can talk yourself out of rolling. So you just have to look at yourself and say, Hey, we're going to roll today. Let's go. Yeah, it's not always easy. No, it's not always easy. You know, yeah. and, and talking about subscribers and social media, you know, I've I've gotten in touch with some marketing people. Uh, I'm I'm working with Catskill Marketing up my way, and uh, they're great people. 
And, you know, we're talking about growing the podcast and my book and, you know, followers, right? You look at some of these things, people get, you know, thousands and thousands of followers. And I'm like, well, and they said, well, people buy them. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like you buy followers? Like, what are you talking about? Like, it should be one at a time of someone who liked your stuff. That's right. And, and that's my opinion to do it organically uh, and just keep putting out good stuff. You good know? For you. That's right. And and yeah. we, we all believe that if we're doing the right thing and, and doing it the right way and it's good stuff, that it'll eventually hit the people that it's supposed to hit with, you know, and that's the thing, you know, and, and it's, you're, you're dead on it, but we're in a world now where it's not so much, you know, it's all about what it looks like, you know? So if you can show that you've got a hundred thousand followers, you know, even though no one's reading it, that's what's important as opposed to the quality of it. It's just like the information overload, you know, you know, and that's like a, I heard someone say, you know, just because you have a podcast, that's not what is what's impressive. It's got to be that the podcast itself is impressive. And whereas I think a lot of people just want to say, I got a podcast. Whereas what you're doing is you're putting out impressive information, which is what we're trying to do. And you have to believe that there's enough people that want that thing, you know? And even if you don't, this is what I tell myself, even if it doesn't happen, I'm doing what I enjoy doing and it makes me better along the way. Well, it's, when I have big time guests on like you that, uh, you know, make the podcast, you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. Well, you mentioned someone who's been an inspiration to you and, and you're, yeah, you're fortunate to call him a friend. Uh, but Coach K has had a profound impact on your leadership style, your coaching style. Um, what is it about K, right? Because yeah. he has that, you know, Duke is kind of like the Yankees. Some people love him. Some yeah. people hate him. You know, he, he's a, he's he's big time. What is it that resonates with, with Coach K about you? Because it's right in your backyard there on Tobacco yeah, Road. It is. it is. I was fortunate enough to um, to work his camp. The first person I worked with when I started out was Jim Corrigan, who is now associate uh, women's basketball coach at Duke. And he got me into working the Duke camp. He played at Duke. And uh, so he got me working the Duke camp. And I was fortunate enough to be there right when Coach K got there. And it was a different time. I mean, sure. uh, he was he didn't have all the demands that he has on him now and, and everything else. And uh, so I got to know him a little bit, but he was always very helpful for me. But what's always impressed me is what everybody will say is that he's about always been about the big picture. He's about the leadership. Um, it's not always about the X's and O's with him. It's about getting people bought into the program. And, uh, you know, certain coaches have it. They have that voice. They have they, they they have the thing that you could be coaching a high school kid or you could be coaching LeBron James. And there's that same level of respect. And there's that same it's the voice. You know, there's certain coaches ahead. Well, I was young enough, but I knew he had it. Now, I didn't know what he was going to be because about the time I was there, they were talking, you know, it was rough years and stuff like that. Yeah. First couple of years, I, I he almost didn't make it. Had it. And I was fortunate. Enough. I just kept showing up. I'd show up at his practice sometime. When they had the, um, uh, when he was helping out with the USA team or something back in there, I I, I went down and, and he always let me come. And he was gracious enough to do that, and he was gracious enough to endorse me for some stuff. And you know, we've sort of gone our separate ways a little bit now, but I do feel like that if I needed something, he would help. And so, you know, same reason I'm sure millions and millions of others respect him. Uh, that's the reason I have. Yeah, and. Um... 
you know, that there's another example of the keep rolling, right? You just yeah. kept showing up and building that relationship. And uh, that's right. But he's done amazing, amazing things at Duke. And, uh, um, you know, I, I asked you to listen to something and you already did. I recently heard a, a podcast um, and they had the former coach of Carolina on. Yeah. Matt Doherty. And it was fascinating. Ter- terrific. If, you, yeah. if you're in the coaching and leadership, I encourage you to listen to that. That's really good. You know, and to hear him talk about the reasons that it didn't work out at Carolina. And if you don't know who Matt Doherty is, Matt Doherty played at Carolina, uh, was a, won the national championship, right? Dan? Yeah. 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 He was, and, uh, was coaching at, at Notre Dame and then went to, to North Carolina. And uh, it just, it was a bad match from the start. Mm-hmm. And he spoke frankly about, the thing mistakes he made, right? right? And they weren't even about it wasn't even about basketball. Right. It's and about secondaries. Yeah. 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 I love the quote in there he said about he met with them, right? And and you know, who was the person that advised him? Before you touch anything yes. within 30 feet of yeah. that secretary's desk, you need to be in touch with them about that. Yeah. Anybody's desk. And you know what? And I'm and I'm sure you see it as a principal or in education, you know, teachers, teachers get very, we all get, that's ours. And you go in and moving stuff around, you think, and what was, I thought was so interested in that podcast was he thought that he was doing good because he was putting up new pictures. He was doing some yeah. new things, but he didn't ask permission. And, um, and yeah, anytime you're within that, I, the whole thing, I encourage everyone to listen to it because he was so candid and, and frank and, and, and it was stuff that people don't even realize. Now, I haven't been there, and I was fortunate enough to uh, work at Florida State with Coach Hamilton. Now, I had an idea of some of that stuff that goes on, but a lot of people have no idea what it takes to run one of those college basketball programs or any college athletic program. Mm-hmm. Well, that might be a great story for you to feature in here. and Look if for you, it. If you can Look get them. Yeah. But really, so – uh, you know, the story was more about leadership and relationships with people mm-hmm. than, than about basketball. And uh, yeah, to 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 see that, and then and then Dean Smith tells him, "Well, you were the fifth pick." Yeah, that was tough. That was tough. And, and one of the best quotes, also, he talks about. He says that you know, coaches don't have the leadership training. They're trained for coaching, uh, but they don't have all this, they need leadership training. That's one of the things he's now evolved into. He's doing more leadership training and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, the coach Smith, when he had the whole dynamic of coach Smith still being there and, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a, it was a terrific podcast. I'm glad it, I ran across it. So with your leadership and the stuff you're doing, Dan, you know, what's next for you, right? Where, where is your journey going to, going to take you from where you're at right now? What, what's, what do you see next? I, I mean, I've been coaching for a long time and I still enjoy coaching. Uh, do you have, do you have span hours on the team now? Is it, I, I know nephew. there's, I, I know there's like 40 of them. Who, I have a nephew that is a junior. Yeah. Uh, okay. And my brother helps me. And as people may or may not know, my brother is also the principal here. So I'm, I'm working with family. Uh-huh. Uh, Nepotism at its finest. That at its finest. Small town. Small town in the south. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I envision myself evolving past the coaching and going more into the leadership. I really I, I, I love doing the leadership publishing team. I see myself growing that. Uh, 
I would like to grow that. I like to continue to do this and continue to work on products and, and projects and, and things like that. So where do I see myself? I see myself being active in leadership. I also would like to, I'm, I'm probably a lot like you. I have a million ideas going around and, and uh, you know, there will be a time when it's time to ease out of coaching. Um, but I don't ever see myself easing out of leadership or see myself not rolling. I see myself, I see myself still rolling on and doing, doing new things, you know, yeah. so that's what I'd like to do. How about, you know, again, you talked, we talked about Matt Doherty teaching leadership and like you would be a perfect person. You've coached at the college level. You have experience. You're coaching at high school. You know, people, um, have you talked with your, your brother, whether it's at your school or somewhere where you could teach a leadership course, right? Yeah. Whether it's for young people or even, even people our age, uh, yeah. is that something that you, you would uh, that's something I would, some, yeah, something I'd like to evolve into at some point, uh, you know, but as as you know, with the coaching and and that you're currently in coaching now is almost year round and everything else. So um, there's going to come a time when there will be moving in a different direction. Uh, even though the direction's already pointed out a little bit, I can see where it's going to go. Uh, but you know, everything happens at the right time. It always has. It always has. So I'll know when it's time to stop coaching and I'll know when it's time to focus all my energies in that direction. Cool. Dan, we're going to get to the rapid fire portion yeah. of the show. But before we do so, how could people find the journal and or find the book? What's the best way for them to be in touch with you? And, and I know for our listening audience, you're going to offer a discount here for the journal. So can you share that information? Absolutely. LeadershipPublishingTeam.com. LeadershipPublishingTeam.com. That's our website. Uh, you can follow me at Dan Spainauer, at Dan Spainauer on Twitter. Um, and so, but the best place would be just Leadership Publishing Team. Uh, you, you, I, we, you have a coupon code that you can sh shout out to that if yeah. you wanted to do that, I'd love to have them. Well, and there's this thing on the site, right? If you want a free copy of this, he will send you yep. a free copy, but e ELB20 uh, Dan's going to offer you a 20% discount. I know we have some uh, new subscribers up here in the Northeast. And, yeah. uh, uh, but ELB20, put it in the coupon code. And uh, I'm telling you, is Dan, I, I love you and your family. I appreciate it. I'm not telling you that because you're my friend. This is great <laughs> stuff. And it's it's impacted my life. It really has. I appreciate uh, that. Thank yeah. you. That's, that, so, that makes me feel good. Yeah. So. Well, let's get to it here. Rapid fire. What is the last book you read? I know you, you know, you're doing a lot of reading. What you reading now? Uh, I just finished the spontaneous fulfillment of desire by Deepak Chopra. That may not Ooh. be like that, not, that might be out there a little bit, but I like some of it. It's uh, it's about synchronicity and coincidences and how they play and, and almost like the scientific part behind it. Uh, okay. It's a little older, but that's what I just finished this weekend. Okay. Uh, that would be it. Last movie you saw? Uh, I'm into the James Bond movies now. Uh, okay. My wife runs an Airbnb VRBO in the back of our place, and it has okay. a James Bond theme. <laughs> so I am watching every James Bond in order, in time, but it's not all at one time. So Man with the Golden Gun with the Roger Moore one. That's the last, last one I watched. If it's a James Bond theme, is she fulfilling the role of some of the women in the James Bond movies? Is that Jenny? <laughs> <laughs> Only if I'm 
Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, your family very graciously introduced me to country music. Yeah. So what is the music genre that's in your iPhone? What are you listening yeah, to? Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm not much of a country music guy. Uh, okay. I mean, I go old. I go a little bit old school. I mean, I'm Springsteen, Jackson Brown. Yeah, I'm Springsteen, big. Yeah, I've seen Springsteen several times. But get my it. new to stay current, my new guy is Pitbull. Okay. Yeah, Pitbull. And if you hey, listen to his lyrics sometime. Feel this moment. Yeah, you featured up in there, didn't he? You featured him. He's a keep rolling. Yeah, he's a keep rolling guy. And yes. uh, you listen to his lyrics, and they're really about like this. Feel this moment. It's about staying in the moment and seeing yourself bigger than where you are. And mm. uh, but not getting down on where you are at the time. So I like Pitbull, and he's I a like Miami it. guy. He's a Miami I guy. Like Okay. Yeah. Your biggest professional pet peeve. Biggest professional pet peeve. Uh, apathy, lack of initiative. Mm. You know, uh, and I never want to be. I remember as a kid, my grandfather lived to be 108. And uh, I remember, and he's a great guy, my dad's dad. And anyway, I remember sitting under a tree up the house from him and him talking. And he goes, I, you know, everybody says that the old days were the good old days. And he says, those weren't the good old days. It'd take me three hours to get to town in a horse and book buggy. These are the good old days. And that's always stuck with me because I think that had a lot to do with why he made it to 108. You know, so I never want to be one of the guys that say, oh, it's so much better in the old days. Because a lot of times leaders will make that mistake. They'll be like, ah, oh, you know, today's kids. Uh, but having said that, I do notice initiative waning, you know, getting people to just go ahead and, and do something and, and maybe a little more apathetic, you know, uh, maybe it's, maybe it's a distraction thing too, but I'd say that. That goes along the lines with your quote about being on the right track. You yeah. want to get run over you're sitting there. <laughs> yeah. Keep moving. Keep moving. Uh, something that motivates you. Um, uh, personally, I, I guess evolving, I mean, like thinking that where, where we're going to be is someplace that's going to be bigger than now. And, and so like you ask what I see myself doing, I could see that I'd like to see my company, this company grow. I'd like to be a resource for coaches. I was fortunate enough to speak to um, all of the North Carolina high school basketball coaches last year. Uh, I was wow. selected to do that uh, at the annual clinic. And I enjoyed that. And so being a real, I, I, I like the idea, you know, it's the whole thing. If you're not growing, you're decaying. And I like the idea of evolving. I like, I like seeing what's going to be next. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Last purchase under a hundred dollars that has had the greatest impact on your life. You asked me this last time. And Give I don't think me. I answered it last time. Um, oh, so you had, you only had about 12 months to <laughs> get it. I thought you might change the question. <laughs> People like the consistency of rapid fire. Uh, you know? yeah. <laughs> I guess uh, probably, probably books. And I mean, I try to buy a book or two every, you know, and I, I read them. And uh, so that, and I'm into, it's not necessary. I'm not, you know, it's more so it's, I guess it's, it's like the Deepak. I'm open to all those type of things. I'd like to try to keep an open mind about that. So I guess that. 
Big biggest difference between coaching in high school and coaching in college. The responsibilities that come with the co- you know, uh, in the Matt Doherty quote uh, podcast, he talks about one of the greatest things about Carolina basketball is that a million people like it, and one of the most disadvantaged things is that a million people follow it too. And, and it, with college, it's such a business, and uh, you know, it's there's so many. Like with Coach Hamilton, when I was at Florida State, he has so many responsibilities of radio shows and meeting with the boosters and, and all this stuff that people don't see. And you have to learn how to handle that. And then you still have to handle your team and be responsible for what they're doing in the dorm and everything else. Whereas high school, now there's also an advantage. The pay is a little different too, but, but in <laughs> high school, in high school, when they leave me, they go to their parents in college. When they leave, they go to the dorm and, there's a lot of other responsibilities. The boosters club here is very active and everything, but it's nothing like the college booster club. And so there's a whole, it's just the business part of it. I think the game itself and coaching itself can be the same in a lot of levels. You know? Biggest issue that you have with a referee or biggest irritation from a referee to you. Uh, I will always say the ones that will not communicate. The ones that will not – I have no problem ever with an official missing a call. I have the problem when they will not come come over and communicate or if they think the game is about them. As long as we can communicate and as long as you'll say – if you, you'll understand that there will be a time that it may get questioned with some heat, then it's okay. you know. But it's not about either one of us. That's the key. And, and sometimes, sometimes, you know – some of them appear to come in with a chip on their shoulder, but not the good ones. Not you. <laughs> well, thank you. I, on an obvious miss, right? The guy gets hit. The kid yeah. misses the shot. Clearly gets hit. Are you yelling that he got hit? Are you saying what? How, you know how? What? What? What is your response on a play like that? Obvious. On, on obvious. How yeah. did you miss that? Yeah. How did you miss that? You know that. That's probably it. I mean, yeah. But and, now I will try, and I've gotten a lot better at this as uh, as I've matured. I will try to wait until you come down to my side. There you go. Uh, as opposed now, that's there. but I, I don't think I've had a technical in a couple of years, so uh, maybe okay. I'll yeah. have to ask my assistant on that. But I will try to wait till you come down, and then I will try to wait until you're over to me, and then I'll say, "What are you seeing? How are we missing that?" <laughs> You know, I'm working hard here. You work hard here. And, and, uh, and do most times, do most times they say, coach, I missed it? A lot of times they'll say, coach, that's enough. And I haven't even started. <laughs> no, I, think I think that's the difference between a high school official and a, and a, a veteran. Sure. And even, now, a high school official, the veteran officials are good at that, too. And, you know, I think it's a separated between a good official and a bad official. You cannot officiate. I don't think you can do anything with a chip on your shoulder. No you, have, you have to do it as if we're all in this. It's a team. It's That's a team. Right. There's two teams the out there, and then there's a team of the coaches and officials and spectators and everything else. That's right. That's right. Uh, I know you have a fondness for the Northeast, specifically New England. What would you say the biggest difference, without alienating any of our listeners here, what would you say <laughs> the biggest difference between a a northerner and a, and a Carolina, or a New Yorker yeah, I, and a Carolina. You already got me. You got the officials turned against me. <laughs> turn it down to, well, the North. I appreciate you having me on, Andrew. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, the question is, what's the biggest difference between the North and the South? I, yeah. you know, I love the North. Uh, yeah, you got to I lived in Miami, which is basically North. The hot, you know, it's the hot New York, yeah. The hot New York. Uh, the pace, the speed of things. Um, you know, in the South, we we take our time. You know, and in the North, you take your time, you get run over. So I think there's a, definitely a, the speed of things. Uh, yeah, that would be it. But people are people. We know that. Look and, at look uh, us. Yeah. You know, the, the story of your your brother, the first time I went to your parents' house, he pulled up, he had the white Beretta key in the ignition. And I said, hey, Kevin, you left the key in the ignition. And he looked at me, he said, yeah, I know. I said, well, what, are you, what are you doing? He said, well, that's where I leave it. And I said, well, why, why would you leave it there? And he turned to me, and it changed my life, Dan. He said, why wouldn't I? <laughs> there you go. There you and go. You know, that, there's the difference. And I, the, But in that moment, that is I said, I want to yeah, I want to live in a place like that. And now I live in a, in a place where you can do that, and uh, we're fortunate to do that. But I'll tell it. Now everybody knows. Go by the Nevada's <laughs> house. The key's in the car. The key's in the car. <laughs> Dan, you did a great job tonight. Um Again, your quote here to end the show here. Go ahead. I'm gonna, you say it again about being on the right track. Yeah, even, and again, I think it's Will Rogers. But, um, you know, that's one of the things about quotes is it's hard to give the original attribution who really said it. You know, so sometimes it'll be this or that. But anyway, and I heard this a long time ago. But even if you're on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. So keep rolling. Keep moving. Keep that's rolling. Sit by Dan Spanow. Keep rolling. <laughs> And uh, our book recommendation is obviously Leading Narratives. Uh, you can find this on Dan's website, uh, the leadership publishing team. If you are a leader, you're a teacher, and you need stories, this is the book for you. Uh, Dan, I appreciate the time and uh, wish you best of luck. When's, when's opening night for Carolina Hoops? Uh, Tuesday after Thanksgiving. You talking okay. about for us? For right. you, yeah, that's the reason I'm worried about right now. Yeah, that's yeah we right. got a lot of football players. So we we got a good group of guys up. So, uh, but our first game is the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. You make sure the principal and those teachers that get those kids eligible, and you, uh, you have a great season. I, okay? I, hey, all kidding aside, I have an excellent principal who's a great leader. <laughs> get him back on there too. Dan Spanauer, uh, leadership publishing team, and uh, uh, check him out. Uh, again, he's offering a code for the uh, the journal here, ELB20 in the coupon uh, section there, and uh, you get a 20% discount. Dan, my best to your family. Thank you, Andrew. Always great. Talking to you now, I get to see you. Enjoy it. <laughs> see you, buddy. See you. All right.